Hello and welcome to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Madalina Chobano, and in this episode we'll hear from The Conversation, The Times, Full Fact and The Economist about some of the ways in which they've been covering the upcoming EU referendum. The EU referendum on whether Britain should stay in the European Union is taking place on June 23rd, And naturally, this issue has been covered extensively by British media outlets in the last few months. Some publishers have attempted to innovate in their referendum coverage by attempting to gauge viewers' reactions live during TV debates, by opening up the floor to discussion through Q&As on Facebook Live, or by fact-checking politicians' claims on WhatsApp. The Economist has been experimenting with video on Facebook Live since January, and it had previously conducted standalone Q&As between its correspondents and audience on the platform. But for the past four weeks, the outlet has been running a series of Q&As on different aspects of Brexit and the referendum, where a community editor, Adam Smith, and an economist correspondent sat down for about 30 minutes each time to answer questions readers had about how the referendum can affect trade, politics and migration, with the fourth and final installment covering finance scheduled for June 16th. So they've each averaged about 2,000 viewers live whilst we've been live and over time they've averaged about 46,000 views each. The only difference um, that we've noticed from one Brexit episode to the next is that the most recent one that we did last week on immigration, um, it seemed to reach more people on Facebook by an order of about 20 or 30% more people than the previous posts. So that's obviously Facebook's algorithm uh, favouring that one. and. And I think it had slightly higher than average number of shares and comments. But they're still all sort of around the same ballpark and it still had the same number of views and the same number of live viewers. It's been really gratifying to see The Economist's uh, analytical, critical view of the world being adopted by people in the comments on our Facebook Live videos. I mean, you can see yourself if you scroll through them. There are lots and there's just lots and lots of engaged conversation going on with people questioning us and people questioning each other, you know, using using stats, misusing stats, as, as people, you know, always do anyway, um, including politicians, obviously. But yeah, really trying to make arguments one way or the other and really properly engaging. And so that's been really gratifying to see that. And I guess there is something very special that's happening in Facebook live uh, right now, which is that the number of comments is so much greater. For us, it's about 10 times as many as we would normally see for a Facebook post that's just linking to one of our articles. And that's because people are commenting live and they're responding to each other live and they're responding to us because I'm responding, you know, we on, on camera, as it were, we're responding to them. So it's just much more engaging and that's really special to see. And the quality of the debate remains pretty high. The Times tried a different route. Instead of covering the referendum on an external platform, the outlets tried to tap into the audience following the TV debates live and bring them back to the Times website by asking them to react to the debates by voting in a thumbs-up, thumbs-down poll published in front of the publisher's paywall. Matt Chorley, editor of the Times' Redbox political briefing newsletter, said they first asked readers to fill out a quick survey answering questions about their gender, age, political affiliation and which way they were planning to vote to avoid skewing the results of Redbox React in a certain direction. We basically teamed up with Microsoft, who run the Pulse 
software. And uh, basically the idea is that while you're watching the TV debate, you have uh, the Red Box React page on your phone or tablet or laptop or whatever. And as people are speaking, you just give them the thumbs up or thumbs down. And by doing that, we gradually build up a sort of average sentiment. So we can sort of literally see a sort of live worm of when someone is speaking, do they go up or go down? And we were also able to break that out to look at people who were saying they're going to vote in, out, or had yet to make up their minds. So that we could, in the two trials that we've done so far, we had between one and a half thousand, two and a half thousand people taking part any one time. And what we found was, although the majority of people in both cases were voting for leave, what we could do is sort of, we could allow for that and strip that out of it because we could also see what those people say, no, could vote remain or undecided. And so actually it was, it was a really good way of us engaging with the audience, pushing the Redbox brand and the Times brand out to an online audience, which sometimes because of the paywall especially, sometimes we don't punch our weight quite so, so much on social media who was also interested in then literally having the data to be able to see what went down well with people and who got the thumbs up literally got the thumbs up or thumbs down from, from voters rather than just being sort of journalists sitting in a room and declaring so and so actually in a way what it told us is that maybe the audience certainly the audience watching and taking part in Redbox I mean a lot of them have probably made up their mind so generally speaking if a lever if you were a lever and pro-Brexit politician was speaking you gave them more of a thumbs up and as soon as it switched to somebody you thought we should stay in the EU they got the thumbs and so I'm not sure that the debate had a massive impact in that sense, but I think that's probably more a reflection of just the quality of the debate. I think the sort of people sitting down and watching TV debates and then picking up their phones and then voting in an online thing like Redbox React actually are quite you know, politically engaged and switched on. And so maybe the lesson we've learned from it is that people aren't going to change their minds on a, on a sort of a single moment in a, in a single TV debate. Elsewhere in the conversation, the platform that combines academic expertise and journalism launched a WhatsApp experiment today to send people quick takeaways about different aspects of the EU referendum, whether that's infographics, quotes from academics or fact-checks of political debates. Khalil Kasimali, community editor at The Conversation, said the experiment was first tested with a focus group last week and some five updates have been so far sent to WhatsApp users to avoid clogging up their inbox. The aim is to do one update a day and expand to other mediums if the project on WhatsApp becomes successful. The idea behind the WhatsApp campaign is really to try to spread informed news from academics to the public. So, you know, there's a lot of information available out there. But if we can get information from people who, as I said earlier, who knew what they're talking about, if we can just give this to the public, I think that's a really powerful, powerful thing to do. And WhatsApp seems like a really powerful tool to do it. So we are kind of experimental in different types of content. Uh, usually it's, um, well, it depends. It, it might be a bit of a summary of one of the articles that we've done, a short summary with a link. That's classic one. We will also be sending out infographics graphs so that you know people get information straight away just by looking at, at the graphic but I think really the most important idea here is to give people a timely information so timely not necessarily in the sense that there's breaking news and we just push something out to people that's not really what the conversation is about but for example if the debate is about um, immigration then we want to push articles that will kind of put the debate in a proper context so we'll give more information about immigration like you know with, the, with um, our fact check are what the politicians are saying actually based on evidence? Is there any scaremongering going on about immigration? You know, different aspects. I think that's the main goal of the WhatsApp campaign. But there's something really interesting that we have in mind that we are going to try in the near future. When there's a, you know, during one of the live debates on TV, what we will do is we will engage with the people who have signed up to the, um, to the WhatsApp service. 
but actually ask them if you're watching and if you have any questions, message us and we'll try to answer. Instead of just sending the same message to everyone who's um, signed up to the service, we are trying to do like a one-to-one service as well. So if 10 people send us 10 different questions, we will try to answer those 10 people separately. So instead of sending 10 messages to everyone on the list, we'll just send appropriate answer to the specific people who've asked the question. And full fact, the UK's independent fact-checking organization, which also covered last year's general election, launched a successful crowdfunding campaign earlier in the year to fact-check the EU referendum. Full Fact has been fact-checking different aspects of the referendum, such as the costs of Britain's membership in the European Union or BBC Question Time programmes, both through more in-depth articles on their site and on Facebook and Twitter. Well, we're very much led by the political and media agenda. The claims and debates that we'll cover are the ones that are prominent. You know, we're, we're very much responding to things that are being said in public debate that are, you know, on the Today programme, that are trending on Twitter or whatever rather than setting the agenda ourselves or saying, here's a fact you should know today and kind of put out a press release saying, here are some facts. It's very much responding to what other people are saying and trying to maybe resolve confusion or dispute in public debate um, where we can. Uh, what we do within that is make sure there's balance in what we check. So, you know, if it was a normal run of coverage, we'd be making sure we don't cover Labour too much more than Conservatives kind of thing. Within the debate, we want to make sure we're giving Remain and Leave roughly equal coverage. Um, and that's not the same as balancing what we say, because, you know, we don't know what the results of our fact-checking are going to be. If it all goes one way, then, then so be it. But we do balance what we check and how often. We do a lot of live fact-checking. So that will either involve putting uh, our material, our information on social media, tweeting along with the debate that's happening, or we might be in the studio, um, you know, giving responses to things that are being said, you know, helping presenters or, or feeding back to, to an audience. So we did that, for example, with Bite the Ballot. They had their in-out live debate uh, streamed on Facebook. And we had two people in the studio, you know, commenting on the kind of factual disputes or giving information as well as, you know, putting things on Twitter. That got a really good response, actually. Uh, you know, the, that was kind of aimed at young people, Bite the Ballot or a sort of youth um, voting charity and their audience yeah it really seemed to grab them and one reason for that maybe is just a pet theory is we talk so much about oh it's great there's so much information around um in the internet age you know young people have access to information at the click of a button um, which is true but there's also so many competing sources of information there's so much nonsense out there if you're, you know, just looking to get some quick, a quick lowdown on the EU campaign, you know, just Googling it, you might get all sorts of nonsense, I think. So people maybe have an appetite for some kind of quality control um, over the volume of information that, that they can get. If you've used other sources or platforms to stay informed about the referendum, let us know on Twitter at Journalism News. And thanks for listening to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast.